Welcome to Gesundheit with Jacobus Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's wonderful to be with you. I've had a very interesting evening last night going to the presentation of the movie Vaxxed and met the people I interviewed last week, uh, Polly Tommy, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, Anu Vaida, and I ran into the guest who will be on the show today, uh, Dr. Jerry Taylor from Haver, Montana, and it was absolutely a pleasure, and he said, you know what, I'll be on with you from 8 o'clock, so that will be wonderful, so as the promo says, we're going to talk about different topics and then have the guest for Montanans for Vaccine Choice come in at 9. We have uh, Dr. Jerry Taylor with us in the studio the whole three hours, and so I'm excited about that part. Wonderful experience last night, and we'll definitely get into that. I don't know if some of you are listening were at the presentation and the questions and answers afterwards. This is a show uh, where we talk about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles. Gesundheit means health or good health. It's a word in German. I am Dutch, though. Don't compare me with the German. We don't like the Germans. They beat us in 74 in the World Cup soccer, and we never liked them ever since. So that is, uh, that's a given. I'm from the Netherlands. My name is Jacobus Holloway, and we are talking about uh, health. Now, when we talk about health healing and healthy lifestyles, when you have the experts in on the show, or when we talk about these topics, it's never the intention to diagnose, treat, or cure. It's all about education information, and hopefully giving you some suggestions about what you could possibly do and where you can find information. If you have specific questions, talk to the experts. Afterwards, set up an appointment with them, maybe see them in the practice or talk to them by phone or Skype. So the purpose is all about helping you, empowering you, giving you, show you ways that you can take care of yourself first before you go to anything else before you start becoming dependent on either medication or therapies. Now, there are times when you do need therapies or where you do need medication, but it is all relative. It all depends on the individual. So again, welcome to the program, Gesundheit with Jacobus. Let me tell you a little bit about um, Dr. Well, actually, I don't have a lot to say about uh, Dr. Jerry Taylor. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you betcha. I, um, I met you yesterday, and right away, I just liked you. Uh, you. You really talk my language. I think we talk each other's language. I believe so. And you, uh, last night at the forum, you made some very strong statements, but when we talked yesterday afternoon, I really enjoyed the way you look at health. And you are officially an NMD, which I would like to explain to the listeners what that means. So the, the acronyms that all the physicians have are healthcare practitioners. The primary care practitioners are the NMDs, mm-hmm. naturopathic medical doctor, mm-hmm. the osteopathic medical doctors. Their acronym is DO. It could be OMD, osteopathic medical doctor. Yeah. And then the MD, which really their philosophy is allopathic. So the naturopathic portion of the, of the acronym basically uh, designates the philosophy with which we use the medicine that we have been trained with. Right. So the accredited naturopathic medical schools, there's five of them in North America, and they're a nationally accredited medical program. So the core curriculum is the same as it would be at John Hopkins or Harvard or anywhere else. Uh We study the same 
curriculum, taught by the same PhDs, MDs, and so forth. Uh, same textbooks, that's all there. The difference comes <clears throat> primarily in the philosophy, but also in the, the additional modalities that are studied. If you look at John Hopkins University, they, medical school, they, they, I have a, a little comparison sheet I would show, but it's a radio show, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, the comparison was the, the NMD, or uh, in some cases they choose to use the acronym ND. They're all, all the accredited schools are accredited in medical programs. And then you John all Hop have to go through anatomy, yep. pathology, anatomy, physiology, microbiology, all of it. Right. It's all there. Yeah. It's all the same, right? So it's really all encompassing. So it's medical school plus, I guess you'd say. Correct. We study acupuncture, we study homeopathy, we study nutritional biochemistry and Chinese medicine and so forth. Yeah. As well as the core medical curriculum, mm -hmm. right? Pharmacology and pathology. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the acronym basically is just stating the philosophy of practice. Right. Better? Much better. Oh, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. I just I just fixed your microphone yeah. at the time. And yeah. You just finished your sentence. Yeah, so, so the primary difference is just the philosophy, right? We have the same training, but we function under a different philosophy. Uh -huh. uh, an allopathic practitioner, <clears throat> 20 people come in with arthritis, everybody's going to get corticosteroids, right? Or get some kind of a allopathic approach, which is right. suppressive or oppressive to address the symptoms. Right. 20 people come into my office with arthritis, we're going to sit down with each one of them and take the time to figure out what, what the actual causative factors are mm -hmm. for that person. Because they, they vary. Individual variance is infinitum. So a rubber stamp just doesn't work across the board. Right. So really, it's the same medical training with a different approach to how you, how you address the conditions you decided to specialize more into the natural medicine the way that a history has developed medicine right where as a medical doctor as we know it allopathic medical doctor will sure. say i want to specialize into general practitioner or right. an oncologist or heart cardiologist or rheumatologist they become more specialized. They, most of them sure. have a tendency to be more specialized. Right. You say with an extra couple of years of schooling, I can triple my salary. And, uh, but then again, they lose their knowledge often about the body as a whole. They have Correct. a tendency to be really looking at one thing. And if Correct. they feel it's out of their realm, they'd rather send you to their colleague on the fifth floor or so. Correct. Yeah. Cardiologists will send you to the pulmonologist, right? Because those are separate mm -hmm. systems. Systems and that's how they're closely trained. together. Yeah. They're yeah. all well, our body is a holistic system, period. Yes, I mean, the body is a system that works together. The hand cannot say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Right? Mm -hmm. So the system works together. Yeah, they lose that general knowledge, right, of how the body functions as a whole. So it's really impossible for them to tr treat that mm -hmm. as a whole. And in naturopathic medicine, there's also specialties. There's, I know, a naturopathic oncologist, naturopathic cardiologist, and so forth. Yeah, right. They, but they, they do not lose that that general holistic knowledge mm -hmm. in doing so because they understand that the body's all one system right mm -hmm. these uh biological dentists i don't take my family to any other kind of a dentist i take my family to a biological dentist because they understand and appreciate that the mouth is part of the body correct and a very important part part of the elementary track part of the 85 percent of our immune system right so they treat it as such i run into these dentists at conferences that i go to yeah because they're there educating themselves right mm -hmm. so they can be um, more knowledgeable and have more capacity to, to help treat their patients, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Keep them healthy.
Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I I feel uh, last night with the discussion about the vaccines, we we see different people who explain the effects of vaccines in their life, what it has done for them. And again, then you and I will look at that and say, we are talking about an injection of something and in different people, it will have a different effect. And I thought it was therefore interesting that when we talk about vaccinations, some, there are children who have an effect within hours. They could have a fever, they could not sleep well, they have aches and pains, they may start having epileptic seizures. We have seen in the past children who die of SIDS, sudden infant death, within a day or two after receiving vaccinations. We have seen a f- different effects. But last night, they were also talking about how over time, even within a year or two, all of a sudden we start seeing symptoms of diabetes 1. Uh, we can see symptoms of Hashimoto's, Addison's disease, Sjogren's, autoimmune disorders that could be related to potential vaccine vaccines that we received at a younger age and i think that that opens up the whole um for me the interest in how this is indeed all connected how we as a body are more than just the symptom or the individual organs that the blood is flowing everywhere we even talk about the blood brain barrier or the brain blood barrier uh, it's all connected. Then there are people who can see auras. They see the energy field around us. We, When we come close to something, we often can feel the heat. We can feel uh, a certain energy. So that is even something that we cannot visually see, most people, but we sense it. We sense there's something going on. So then you start looking at how it's all connected with nature, right. how we are somehow all part of this. So when we try to analyze a person or when we try to determine a disease we we realize that there is a cause for everything and 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 the cause can sometimes be triggered by a genetic uh, genetic something going on genetically but genetic disposition doesn't mean we have to become a victim of it it simply means we have more propensity of developing something but we have all the answers today To, to make sure we don't get that. Right. There's ways for ourselves to take care of our body. And sadly enough, the way medical society is put together, it is not conducive for people to become proactive. It simply says, if you have a problem, just come to us. Right. And then they only look at the symptom and try to solve the problem, not helping you to understand, first of all, how your body works, become an educator, become a right. coach for you, become a guidance uh, counselor, let's call it right. that way just help you out to understand what it is. And I think because of that, because there is this superiority complex with what many doctors have, people feel they'll never measure up to that so they don't even worry about getting interested or learning more about it. Right. Mm, That's true. Uh, That's twofold. When when I was young and prior to medical school and pretty naive, you know, I mean, there's no manual for parents. We're, We're all rookies when we start. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> My second son was uh, was very severely affected by the, the vaccinations. We we didn't know any different. We were doing what we thought was right, you know, being responsible citizens and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when that started to happen, we realized what had happened. We we took action. You know, mm-hmm. we we stopped. You know, I t- often tell my patients that you, you can't dry off if you're still in the shower, right? Sure. 
So I, I, I want to go to the allopathic method. That's fine. But I'm, but I'm going to remain in the shower and I'm going to, I'm going to be grabbing towels, you know. And when they come to my office, they can, they can uh, still stay in the shower. That's their decision. And grab towels that are natural, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Towels come in all kinds of shapes and colors. Yes. It can be an allopathic towel. It can be an naturopathic, whatever. So I try to emphasize that fact. You can't dry off if you're in the shower. And doctor literally means teacher. So the primary role of the doctor is to teach, educate, and empower the individual seeking his assistance or, or counseling mm-hmm. so that they can actually fix the problem. Yeah. Uh, there becomes a, 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 basically, I think the medical system as a whole has created a, a codependent dis-ease, right? It, it's in and of itself, it is a dis-ease. Yeah. You know, there's a, I think it's important to, to not, mispronounce that term we pronounce it commonly as disease i think that has power i think that's negative confirmation right Mm -hmm. like nocebo effect and so i try to explain it this way when i when we're born primarily most of us are in a state of homeostasis or a state of ease Mm -hmm. and we have a balance between the resources that our system needs to to function in in the environment that it lives right under the burdens that are there yeah as I uh, decrease the resources to, for optimal function in that system and the burdens in that environment increase, right? you know, I, start to, I, I may not have a problem at first, but when that inversion becomes great enough, then I have my body hits threshold and all of a sudden I have some symptoms that are visible. Correct. Right? So what, I, what, what we need to focus on is identifying what those uh, burdens are. And now there's some of the burdens that we have total control over, right? We know this is bad or that is bad or whatnot. Yeah. Put ourselves in a bad situation, whatever the case might be. There's some stressors in that environment that aren't within our control, right? But stressing about those adds to the burden, right? Right. So let's identify the burdens that I can control and start to eliminate those. And let's recognize that there's some burdens that I can't control that I'm trying to, and let's eliminate those. Mm-hmm. And let's identify the resources that are needed, right, to, to, to increase proper metabolic function. And that inversion starts to close. You bet. And that's movement from dis-ease back into ease. And I don't care really what you call the disease. I don't really care what the, the name of the disease is. Yeah. It can be anything. Yeah. It all boils down to metabolic dysregulation, too much toxic burden, too much too much burden, period, and in the, in the presence of not enough resources for that system to function like it's designed to function. Yeah, that's really interesting. That, uh, By the way, folks, Dr. Jerry Taylor is my guest uh, this first hour on Gesundheit with Jacobus. He'll be on till 11 o'clock. He is a uh, natural medical doctor in Haver, Montana. He was here for the presentation last night of the Vaxxed movie over at the Eagles Club and uh, sat on the panel to doing the question and answer period after the movie. Uh, I met him yesterday afternoon and we started talking and, and I really started connecting right away with him and I'm really glad that he wanted to come in already in the first hour. It uh, kind of blends in with the rest of the topic of today. If you have any questions, 522-8255, 522-TALK. You can also send me a text at 266-7617, 266-7617. And if you try to get a hold of Dr. Taylor after the show, you can actually contact him at uh, 406-265-2250, 265-2250, and that is in Haver, Montana, but you can talk to him, of course, by phone and see how he can help you. I 
lost my thought what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. That happens to the best of us. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that is funny. I, but I thought I have to let people know that you're on the show with me. So yeah. Was, well, <laughs> so I, I wanted to make some more. talk, and then I'll remember what I wanted to say. Okay. I wanted to say some more about, I had some thoughts, too, that I had while you, you, know, you were speaking earlier. But this, um, w- when I was in a situation where I, I thought my only option was dealing with the medical system at large, mm-hmm. um, that's where we went for help. It didn't take me very long to figure out that there was no help and there was actually detriment being caused. Mm-hmm. And the people that I was interacting with weren't willing to listen mm-hmm. or reason. Um, so I, being an independent thinker, was, just went elsewhere to find answers. Right. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I went elsewhere to find answers. I'm not an, uh, stupid, and I know that degrees don't make you more intelligent, right? My medical degree didn't make me more intelligent. What it did was give me opportunity to, to, to access more knowledge, you know, medical school in and of itself is just a bunch of hoops. You know, you jump through the hoops, try not to get burned. If you jump through all the hoops sufficiently, you get a degree. Yeah. When I started practice, I realized, one of the first things I realized was that individual variance is infinitum. You know, not everybody matches Netter's anatomy of Alice. True. <laughs> the first time, yeah. yeah that's the, one of the first things you recognize. So then you really have to start digging into the literature and studying and researching and, and work. Just, you have to pour all of your heart, mind, and strength into finding information that you need to actually, to help the people that are actually coming to you, trusting you to help them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we also need to understand that we all have our own personal accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Come into my office and expect me just to magically fix you. That's not going to happen. I'm not magic. I'm not God. I don't have any special powers uh, or anything of the sort. So we all need to take be responsible for our own personal accountability. And I think that's what people really want. You know, what I wanted back in those days when my son was really sick, I just wanted to know how to fix it, right? I didn't, I didn't place that burden on anybody else to fix it for me. You know, right. it was my responsibility as the father, as the provider and protector of my family. And so that's what I've become, basically. I, 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 I continued and, and went on to medical school, not, not because I wanted to be a doctor, but because I wanted more information to be able to help my family, protect my family, and be independent. Mm-hmm. And as I gained that knowledge and had more experiences, more opportunities, I realized that I have an obligation with this knowledge to share it with others that were in my situation, right? Mm-hmm. So that thing, that degree hasn't changed me, hasn't made me somehow more superior than the next guy. Right. It just doesn't do that. It hasn't even made me more intelligent. Mm-hmm. God gives you your intelligence. You know, medical schools graduate doctors, not healers. God creates healers, and sometimes healers go to medical school. That's such an interesting statement. I love that. Yeah, it's true. It's really true, man. I, I, my family's health, road to health, started with lay practitioners. My conversion came through lay practitioners, people that cared, that had gifts, mm-hmm. because the medical system totally failed. Right. You know, I, I have eyes. I have a brain. I can think. I can. We all do, and we're all intelligent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But there's a the control mechanism in that system is fear, and fear removes thought. Yeah, it, it's uh, the one thing that I was going to say earlier, we're coming close to a break here, but the one thing I was going to say earlier, it is interesting that when we're trying to control so many things in our life, you know, juggle family, juggle work, juggle traffic, juggle TVs, anything we do, we try to juggle and try to control the one thing we really have a power to control, we neglect. <laughs> and hmm? the body is the only thing that we have control over, over our body and mind. And I think that if you look at it that way, 
and you realize that um, here we have this great opportunity to study a body, to study what it, what our body, my body can do, which is different than yours or anybody else. There is similarities, but there are differences as well. To understand my own body and learn how to control it for the rest of my life, because that's really my responsibility. Most people don't care, and they and that's when illness appears. So we're going to take a short break, uh, folks. Uh, Dr. Jerry Taylor, my guest, and this first hour of Gesundheit with Jacobus, he'll be on till eleven o'clock. At nine o'clock, we will be joined by two of the ladies connected with the Montanans for a vaccine choice. Stay tuned, please. We have a caller on hold who would like to get involved in today's program. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining us. What is your name? How can we help you, please? Good morning, Jacobus. Happy anniversary. Hey, thanks a lot, Pete. You bet. And I'd like to thank Jay and the rest of the gang for all the time they invested in this. Yeah. Eh, Because it's not easy. Were you there last night? Yes, I was. I didn't see you. Nope, I didn't see you either. No, I was standing in the back. That, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I was. I was actually. I was actually dressed up, so maybe you didn't recognize me. Purposeful avoidance. <laughs> but anyway, I got to talk to Jay for a few minutes last night, and seems to me to be a person that's living in the real world, and that's refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I want to address this uh, the the vaccine and the consent thing because the consent thing came out of. Uh, uh, the Nuremberg Treaty, which we signed on to, this country signed on to that treaty. This is no experimentation without consent, okay, right. on human beings. You, there, there must be consent, and they stressed it in the treaty. And what I see today is we're losing the, the whole consent thing. We, it, it's going away. In, in Montana, they passed a deal where, yeah, you can opt out for religious or medical the history reasons. Yes. Okay. That that sounds good, but you know what? I don't like it. You you should not have to have an excuse or some uh, mm. underlying uh, religious belief or history. Nothing. If I say no, no should be no. And as far as I'm concerned, vaccines are experiments. Yes. They right. don't know what's going to happen. Yes. And and uh, and apparently they don't care. Right. You know, it, it, it's up to us. We, we can't just uh, sit back and take it anymore. The real world is out there, and we need to start living in it. That's true. As far as I'm concerned. Right. In it, any way, thanks again for your time, all of you. Yep. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for all your work and all your education of people by uh, by enlightening us with your emails. Thanks for doing well, so. I try. Thanks, Pete. Mm. All the best. Have a good Bye-bye. Day. And an interesting comment. You wanted to say something about that? Let's yeah, that. I I think uh, we the the consent the, the the comments that were made by the caller. Part of it is our own fault, right? We have all these documentaries pointing the finger at the big bad wolf, but none of the documentaries are turning the finger around and pointing it at us, right? That's I mentioned that was earlier, a great point you mentioned yesterday. I mentioned earlier personal accountability. Yes, you know and ignorance only goes so far as an excuse. You know, when I stand responsible for my life before my maker, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I have to answer for myself. Nobody's going to do that for me. No. And you won't even have to tell me whether I'm worthy to be there or not. Mm-hmm. I'll just know. 
Now, part of it is that was just like when I was when I started this journey as a young father, my wife and I. If it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't recognize it near as quick. She's mm-hmm. the one that recognized it. Yeah, because the moms have it. We can call it intuition. I call it the Holy Ghost, but they have that <clears throat> inherent gift to be tuned into their children. I mean, they were one in the beginning. Yeah, they housed the child for nine months, gestational period, and then birthed the child and so forth. And I trusted her um, 100%. And we went the route until I, fig- until I started seeing things I, I didn't agree with and I didn't like, you know, and we had the courage to, to back off and get out of the shower and, and find another route, right? right. It was really came down to a, an issue of having faith in God instead of faith in the arm of flesh or faith in the establishment, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that the doctor was any smarter than me. Right. I wasn't brainwashed and conditioned through the public, you know, the Pavlovian conditioning program that we call public education. Right. Primarily because I skipped most of high school. (laughs) (laughs) But so so I think it's important that we all need to really stand accountable for ourselves. So fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm -hmm. And until we all stand up and start, you know, fighting for our rights, uh, I don't think anything's going to change much because. I don't care who the president is or who one entity is. That's not going to happen. That's not going to change change things mm-hmm. the way we want to change things. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a little bit like a frog in the water, right? These made they've made these changes incrementally over time. They've changed language, right? I have a 1938 Webster dictionary because after that they started changing the meaning of words, right? They, and you can you can get that dictionary out and compare it to a recent dictionary. You can see how they've changed the meaning of words. Yeah, yeah. And they've they've brought those changes through the educational system from into it to our children's lives at an early age and basically we've been dumbed down i mean they gave a group of seniors a, a test from an eighth grade classroom and from the 20s and none of them could pass the test is that right, right? Uh, seniors that graduate today are are you know basically um considered illiterate uh you know compared to to prior um comparisons mm-hmm. we're just we're just not we're getting real real education we're getting kind of a, a conditioning we get right. textbooks yeah, that tell text, us something. You know what a textbook don't. is? A textbook is the meeting of mediocre minds. Hmm. It's not a great, it's not a classic, you know? Mm-hmm. Our founding fathers were, were educated with the classical education system, right? That's Classically true. educated. Yeah. They, were, they had mentors, mm-hmm. and they read the classics, and they understood the morals and principles first, right? Mm-hmm. And they learned how to think, how to use the intelligence, the God-given intelligence that they have. Mm-hmm. And we all have that. But when we're in an environment that removes that from us, we we basically we get dumbed down hmm. right the, the deliberate dumbing down of america hmm. and the doctors that are pushing this the this these protocols you know who knows what their intentions are when they start school i i i have a friend that was speaking with recently who's a phd and he teaches educates you know a lot of students that are pre med med okay. school students right he was working with them he right. said he said i what well, the one the most Probably the most, uh, uh, the most probably surprising observation was the vast range of differences between those personalities. You know, some are in it just for the money, some are in it for the fame and the power and the whatever, and some are in it for the right reasons and whatnot. Yes. So it's they're not all in it for the right reasons, and that's their, their you know that's fine, that's their deal, right? Mm-hmm. But they they are entering a system that's controlled mm-hmm. from the top down. 
mm-hmm. and it's a conditioning system. Mm-hmm. And we've really, really lost the doctor that keeps the Hippocratic Oath anymore. And we've gained a bunch of pharmaceutical technicians, right? Mm-hmm. They can, they've, they've been trained to a system that they just don't question. And who's to say that that's even, they were taught the truth, right? Yeah. They're just making an assumption that that's the pinnacle of intellect or education. Yes. And that's just simply not true. Mm-hmm. So I figured that out with the pediatrician that we worked with. My wife figured it out. She was done. And I'd had several conversations with him that proved to me that the guy just couldn't reason, right? Just couldn't think on his feet. And, but he had the, he had felt like he had the upper hand because he was the doctor, right? And I wasn't. He wasn't more intelligent than I was. He could not fix the problem, but I was able to go and find people to help me fix the problem. Right. Right. So personal accountability is vital. The consent issue, yeah, it's constitutionally it's it's unconstitutional and illegal for them to force anything, right? Correct. Unrighteous dominion. Yeah. Right. Can I do I that? Do I have the authority to take your neighbor has three horses and you have zero, and I don't think that's fair. So I'm t- I just take one of your neighbor's horses and give it to you. Do I have the power to do that? No, not really. I don't have the power to do that, so I can't give that power to somebody else. Correct. Right? So I can be full of good intentions and be teaching completely inappropriate and false information, right? So the doctors may not even know that what they're teaching is bad or wrong. Right. And they may believe it wholeheartedly, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's where the onus is on the parent to educate themselves so that they can work together with the physician for the best results. Yeah. Right? It was interesting last night with Dell Victory at the end where he says you have an FDA that is wrote as a revolving door right. with Monsanto. Right. You have the CDC, which right. has a revolving door with uh, some of the drug companies, Merck, right. etc. Mm-hmm. And then you got the EPA, which is a revolving door with people from ExxonMobil mm-hmm. and some of the other organizations. Right. And he said none of those are having any interest in us. And he said, we should get rid of all these instances. We just got to get rid of them and start from scratch and start to work with people who actually care about people. And I have said not too long ago, I said, how can you create a healthcare bill that can serve the American people if it is built on the Western modality, the allopathic modality, which has shown in research to be responsible for the death of a quarter million people every year in this country alone. Right. So how can you create, make make that the standard and then start building a framework on top of that foundation and expect miracles or to expect that all Americans feel included? People right. are just talking about 22 million people will not have insurance. Well, that is that is only the tip of the iceberg we're talking about actually care of the patients and what we do to people. And if you start creating forced vaccinations or rejection of naturopathic physicians who all are part of the healing modalities, who simply have, who, who simply are there to serve people, help people, make people better, make them understand how to be, to empower yourself and show you natural ways to actually not only maintain your health, but improve your health, then you go, why, what is wrong with this picture? Why, why can we have naturopathic, natural doctors in the state of Montana, but in, so they're literally licensed to practice, but at the same time, insurance companies say, well, to us, you don't exist. 
it, it makes no sense, right? I mean, you license people to do something, you should include them in some kind of a system. I think it makes sense if you know how the systems run. We had a, a group of my colleagues in the uh, insurance commissioner's office in Helena, and basically they were told the statutes dictate that insurance is demanded to pay for a practitioner of your choice. You can choose a practitioner, any practitioner you want. Insurance sure. is supposed to pay. There's a couple exceptions. But other than that, across the board, the statutes of Montana dictate that that's the case. The insurance, uh, commissioner of insurance told colleagues of mine in her office in Helena, we're just not going to enforce that because you don't have enough influence. So that's mm -hmm. how things are run. You know, I see. We, we, I think we're in denial. I mean, things are run by money and nepotism at the middle level. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, right? Yeah. But if we had enough support, if enough people stood up together, well, there would be a lot of influence, mm -hmm. right? But if you don't have the finances to, to, I mean, these, these, these entities have so much money that you can't, you can't beat them in their own court, basically. Correct. There's no way. Yeah. I don't want to play in that court anyway, really. I want to keep my oaths and my covenants with God and lay my head on my pillow every night without regret. That's my goal. That's mm -hmm. all. It's very mm -hmm. simple. Yeah. Be completely honest and be genuine and do everything you can to help and admit when you don't know. You know, I don't know everything. If I don't know, I'm going to find somebody that does. I'm going to make my best effort to find somebody that does and I'm going to, I'm going to pass those patients on to somebody that can help them. Yes. And that could be anybody. It could be a lay healer. It could be a specialist. It could be maybe, maybe surgery is necessary. You know, there's, there's a, there's a place for surgery. There's a place for, I agree. um, mm -hmm. uh, medications. I haven't needed to use those in my family at all, but mm -hmm. we chose to educate ourselves to the point where we freed ourselves mm -hmm. from that system. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, Dr. Robert Mendelson was, uh, a pediatrician in America. He was actually the, I think he was the medical director of Head Start for the country. Really? Yep. And he had a protege named Mayor Eisenstein, who was actually one of my mentors. So I worked with Mayor a little while. Uh, he was he was in practice about 40 years. M-E-I-R? Mayor? M-E-Y-E-R. Mayor, Mayor Eisenstein, yeah. He's Eisenstein. passed away now. But but anyway, he, uh, Mendelssohn delivered all of his babies. He had seven children anyway, so... I've made connections with some of the old school, the old guard, you know, yeah. the doctors that were general practitioners that were very knowledgeable, mm -hmm. um, that that held this Hippocratic Oath sacred and treated people with dignity and respect. Yeah. Even if even if I do know it's it's evident that I am right and you're wrong, I don't have a right to treat you oh, with less dignity or respect than I treat myself. I don't have any right to. In fact, it, the oath of a physician is the opposite of that. People need to be treated with respect and dignity, yeah. right? Yeah. You're serving the people. You're not uh, controlling them. Right. Mm -hmm. And this insurance thing, right? Uh, Dr. Dave Janda, who's a surgeon, left his practice January 1st, 2017. And he left his practice because oh, the Obamacare made, made, made it impossible for him to keep his Hippocratic Oath. And he's one of many. But he's outspoken about it. And he's, he's spoken out a lot about this insurance racket. But if, if you go back, if you, if you get on the internet and look up Dr. Richard Day, 1969, you will read, uh, Dr. Richard Day was a, a physician. He was a professor of medicine at Mount Sinai Hospital at this time when he gave this uh, presentation. Prior to that, he was uh, a medical director for Planned Parenthood, and he was kind of a Rockefeller insider. Anyway, he gave a presentation to the Philadelphia Pediatric Association in 1969, and he actually 
uh, laid out exactly how they're going to create what they've created with Obamacare. Right. Back okay. in 1969, how they're yeah. going to use this to control the system, right? Yeah, yeah. To create dependency on that system. So mm -hmm. people feel like, I have lots and lots of people that come to, my, that come to me for help that have the jobs they have just to get the insurance. Right. So they're really not happy. No, they're not. There's no passion. They're not doing, they don't have the job because they love it, but because they feel like they have to have that because they're afraid. Right. Right. But, the, but there's a physician in California that traveled the country and spoke and put together a, spread, a spreadsheet showing the comparison between um, the cost of having insurance versus not having insurance. And having insurance was exponentially more expensive. Mm -hmm. If you go back to this, read this talk, you'll see exactly why. And it's been planned the whole time, right? Planned obsolescence. It's really a form of planned obsolescence, right? Yeah. It's planned to fail to create... Um, to, to control the people and manipulate the people, right? It's also also part of the plan is to eliminate independent doctors and, and, and eliminate private uh, pharmacies and compounding pharmacies and create government bureaus and so on and so forth. Yeah. This has been planned for a very long time. I think it's I think it's important that we understand that there's nefarious objectives behind this. It's not mm -hmm. just about the love of money. Because mm -hmm. like, maybe that'll wake people up, motivate people to you know defend themselves. Because it's happening. You know, They just have to go read that. There's this website... Uh, www.shotfree in Montana. Shot S H O T S H O T F R E E F R E E in Montana. In Montana, M T or M O N T A N A. Montana. Okay. Shotfree in Montana contains all the information relative to the the vaccine issue for parents and families and individuals. Gotcha. All the legalities. Yeah. There's another website, nvic.org. And Victor. I see. Org. That's National Vaccine Information Center, and they list that information for every state. Uh huh. For every state. Uh huh. So we need to. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is the way out of this. This is you an bet. intellectual war. Yeah. And the more educated we are, and the more knowledgeable we are, the the more the the greater the capacity we have to actually maintain and and maybe win back some of our freedoms. Mm -hmm. Because the real issue is about freedom. It's just about freedom. I mean, well, I don't have the power to force you to do something just because I think it's right. Correct. Unrighteous dominion. That You're not able to make somebody think something that they don't believe in. No. You, know, you, you can have a discussion. Right. You know, it's not about confrontation. If right. People are so set in their own mind, like I'm set in my own mind in certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't talk me out of it. <laughs> right. So why would I think that I can talk somebody else out of it? Right. So sometimes it is simply how we act, how we live our life. Some things that we say, we may be able to inspire people. Right. To, uh, to may perhaps make changes. Right. I'm and not, it's the same that I do. If I see somebody who does something I'm really inspired by, I am inspired to probably make changes in my life. Right. Right. That's how it works. I never tell my patients what to do. I don't do that. I don't tell people what to do. I provide information and education and empowerment and they make the decision and I facilitate that position. Mm. That 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 position. Mm. Um I never tell them not to vaccinate it people want to vaccinate that's their own right they should be able to do that but i should also be able to not vaccinate if that's what i choose right right nobody should be able to force anybody else to do what they think is right correct and we're going to talk more about it when we come back we are uh we have Corey meza with us and kaylee mcbride who will join us from montanans for vaccine choice when we come back in the second and third hour dr taylor is going to stay with us as well keep educating us so stay tuned for that, please. Uh, it is the 17th anniversary of Gesundheit with Jacobus today. 
Glad that you are tuning in today. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Now, um, I, I got to tell you that uh, what the group of Montanans for Vaccine Choice has done, bringing the Vax the Boss to Montana is absolute uh, a great job. And I, I want to thank you for being a big part of that. And But I want to ask you from the outside looking in, even though I have interviewed the people last week, how did you experience it so far? Oh my goodness. Well, this is Kaylee. <laughs> um, thank you, Jacobus, for being there last night. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Gosh, Corey and I have both been anticipating this um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of surreal last night just to have the Vaxxed team here um, after they have been, they've been touring around for 14 months and um, just collecting vaccine injury testimonies from parents across the nation. And, you know, when they, when that bus that's signed by all of these parents pulls into town, it was very surreal and emotional. Yeah. And I think that we all really, including Corey and I felt just the weight of that mm-hmm. and the honor what an honor it is to host them in Bozeman and swarm them with love and our support. And yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty incredible. Hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, you know, it, it wasn't just about, uh, the movie itself vaxxed. Um, this it's really, um, a movement and the purpose of, of the bus tour, even it's called the vaccination tour. Um, and you, you can look at their Facebook. We are vaxxed or their YouTube channel vax TV. Um, they do most of their live streaming through Periscope, which is a, another uh, media channel, um, app that you can have on your phone. But the gravity of, of what the tour brings with it is just so heavy because it's, it is really the parents and the people and some are adults who can finally have their stories heard. Mm-hmm. That is this, that's the missing link in the medical community. Um, just to listen anecdotal testimonies and yeah, it, the stories that they get are just so heavy. So that was another reason we were just so grateful to have them because they have been touring for 14 months. They yeah. have been taking in all of these stories and they have to grieve. There's a lot of those. I know I did just even just watching them at my house on my phone. You, you almost can't watch too many at one time. Um, I, I know, um, Polly is quite passionate. She mentioned it on the show when you had them on, Mm -hmm. um, about even the, the SIDS stories. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I know that that's a, a provocative topic of this but it is a reality for for way too many families right um there's actually a study that talks about um it's it's a it, the title is like infant mortality regressed in spite of high vaccination rates um and it was uh you can google it just like that but it's a gov study just a statistical study um they surveyed 34 countries of in the industrialized world and we placed last in our infant mortality rates 
Um, Which means we had the highest infant mortality. We had the mortality. highest infant mortality rates. Yeah. Um, they did discuss SIDS in the study, and they found that um, in 70% of SIDS cases, it it was within hours to a week after after vaccines. And I want to be bold in saying that because mm-hmm. that that is a reality apart from what the CDC says on their website about SIDS. And yes. I think that with co- what Corey's saying, too, is that they're so many of them, most of them, their voices have never been heard. Mm-hmm. No. And because of like what she's yeah, saying that these guys come into town mm-hmm. and it's their chance to really share their story. Right. Because they have, I mean, I can't imagine um, having that happen and knowing that that happened from vaccines with right. my children and going to doctor after doctor after doctor and they throw their arms in the air or saying getting, we have no idea or getting the like unexplained death unexplained um, death on right. the on the death certificate yes. of, you know these these babies go into their well visits healthy yes they're healthy yeah. and yes. i'm sorry as a nurse healthy babies just don't die That's for no true. reason yes. and like, especially that many yeah yeah so I don't, I don't want to like sit on this topic, but I just want everyone to know, like, it's much more than autism. It's a very broad, mm-hmm. broad ar- array of things. And, um, yeah, that, that's really part of the reason we, we were so grateful there that they're even keeping going. They want the people's voices to be heard. Yes. And, and so for us bringing them here, we can get a little like, oh my gosh, they're here. I can't believe that they're here with us. Right. But not because they're they're like celebrities, but because they're really a voice, a strong voice politically mm-hmm. in this movement. Um, Dell himself has spoken directly at Congress at the national. This is Dell Del Del Bigtree. Mm-hmm. He's he has a great um, him with uh, Robert F Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few other people uh, involved because it's a collective movement. It's not just the Vax team um, speaking at the National Press Club. And they're just actively being the voice for all of these people that have basically been silenced. And I think their voices have represented and symbolized freedom mm-hmm. for these parents mm-hmm. and just, yeah, feeling free to share, yeah. share their story and share the truth. And so that's what Polly, Tommy and Dr. Humphreys, Anu and Del Bigtree and, and Jimmy and Brian. Oh, and Brian. Yeah. Well, yes. Dr. Jerry and I were talking before the program uh, when we had breakfast, and he said, too, when you look at the panel members last night who were sitting on stage, they all have their own story. Mm-hmm. They all have, we all, everybody, well, in my case, maybe not, but you have all a story that connects these dots when it comes to vaccinations. I have Hashimoto's, so there is a possibility that because I was vaccinated when I was a baby, that maybe Hashimoto's is one of the results of that. So maybe I am also, um, is also the result. But I, I feel that, and we were talking about it, everybody has their own individual story to tell. And then we have the whole audience who is sitting there with a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And so even though the panel was only an hour and a half, it could have gone on all night because mm-hmm. of the passion that everybody feels inside. And 
their story they would love to share. And uh, that wasn't possible, but it, it, it still shows us that there was about 80 people there last night. I thought it was a very good showing for a summer in July, mm-hmm. summer day in July. I think so. After on a Friday fourth. night. Yeah. You bet. Definitely. Yeah, Del so. Big Tree can go all night. <laughs> I, if we would have let him go, he would have gone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dr. Jerry, you want to say something? I just want to mention with the, the SIDS, Russell Blaylock. Yeah. You heard of Russell yeah. Blaylock? Sure. He's a neurologist. Yeah. He retired. He's a medical, nutritional medical practice now. He actually took these children who had died supposedly mysteriously from SIDS and he did the autopsies and he discovered that the inflammation that happened prior to the infection period was a thousandfold normal inflammatory mm. response and it was induced by the vaccine. Wow. But because there was an ensuing infection, the last known they're gonna they're gonna list on the death certificate the last known cause of death, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just covered up. Yep. Can I add a little bit to that? Mm-hmm. I I we actually have um a, a wonderful couple here. Um but I I won't mention names or anything, but on the inflammation part, um their child had uh, suffered three separate times after vaccination, near-death experiences, and to where they had to resuscitate her, um, the parents themselves. Oh, wow. There there was a, um, a point as well um, where her airway was so inflamed, they couldn't even open it. Oh, her my Her nose goodness. and her, her throat. Esophagus throat. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I, that's just proof right there that, that Dr. Blaylock's study is. He's, he's, he's not some, you know, um, B-level neurologist either. I mean, neurosurgeon, and they still use some of the procedures that he co, yeah. co-created uh-huh. still uh-huh. in neurosurgery. And our hope he's is people man. will hear what Dr. Jerry is saying. And because I think so many people turn a blind eye and won't hear that because like Corey yeah. and. Dr. Jerry are saying that is proof. Go do your research. Just mm-hmm. go do your research. The yeah. information is out there. Yeah. Right. We have a caller patiently waiting. Thanks for doing so, caller. Good morning to you. Your name, please. How can we help you? Yeah, this is Clint. Hey, Clint. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Jacobus, and your guests there. You're talking about something that uh, I don't believe in any of them shots, really. But <laughs> I've had enough of them in my life, and I went overseas. But yeah. what gets me... I want to say this, and I want to say something else. But what gets me about these shots is when that baby is born, the minute they're born, a few minutes after, they give them a shot. Now, I don't like that. I don't think that. I think that's wrong. I don't care what it's for. Uh, I never had it, and I guess I'm still here, and I'm all right. My wife never had it, and you you probably didn't, and uh, we're fine. I think you bring up such a good point, Clint, that it's, yeah, if you just use your common knowledge and the mind that i believe god has given us and a baby is born and all of a sudden we're gonna yeah inject a bunch of toxins we're gonna say it's imperfect so let's uh let's make it perfect exactly (laughs) and just for the audience what clint is referring to is the hepatitis b shot it's given at 12 hours of of life um and just for information's sake hepatitis the hepatitis b shot or hepatitis B in general is a, a sexually transmitted disease or a bloodborne illness. So you got to start kids young, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I couldn't come yeah. to your come to your thing. I guess you had it down at the Eagles, did you? At we the Eagles, did. right upstairs. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't come. My son come down from Canada. He's up there in the oil sands, and 
and uh, so he come to visit. So I had to stay home. But anyway, I got, I got, I got to ask you guys. You're all smart. And you I know it. You know it, Clint. So, I know so are it. you. I know you You're are. And I think these, these girls, and I think you guys are all pretty smart. And i got to ask you a big question. Yeah. Now, here it is. This country takes in somewhere between 14 and $18 trillion as a gross domestic product. That's what this country makes. Mm. We are presently under $20 trillion in debt. Now, how are we going to have health care? How can we keep raising the debt ceiling and replace Obamacare when we're broke? If okay. you got, yeah, if you got a checkbook, uh, Jacobus, and you have to balance it every month. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All you guys have to do that. Yeah. Now, what it's doing is putting the pressure on you and I and your guests there a little more deeper in debt. Right. Okay. Now, how in the hell are we going to pay for the health care, whether it be uh, uh, the health care of uh, Trump's is revised uh, or part of Obamacare, and it's all been revised, so we got a real good solution. But no, how? where do we get the money we to don't, we fund just, this? Just print more. We, if, uh, <laughs> we just print more. <laughs> well, we... Haven't you been paying attention? Well, uh, <laughs> you print more and put you and I and all the rest of us in debt more. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the devaluation of the dollar. I mean, the, the merchandise we buy today isn't worth more than it was 50 years ago, but the value of the dollar has decreased that much. It, it, That's well, the bottom line. It, well, a $10 bill uh, today yeah. is like a, a dollar, and a $100 bill is like $10. Yeah, mm-hmm. Just print more. That's but all. The, th- the thing is, I don't We got really plenty like... of GMO cotton <laughs> yeah. for the money. Well, I, I, you know, they say that, speaking of GMOs, they say that all this wheat and stuff and barley that you, that is grown by these farmers yeah. are not genetically modified. Well, I got news for you. Every one of these grains are genetically modified. And one other thing, there is not one grain left, like turkey red, Carmont wheat, they're not in existence. Mm-hmm. They, they've completely destroyed it. And when somebody advertises that they're GMO-free on grain and wheat and bread, I don't believe it. Yeah. But well, anyway, I, for, we've covered a lot of things there. But anyway. Thank you, Clint. I don't know. We may not be able to answer the whole question. Well, I, I know that. I know. You know no, that. It's a rhetorical know. question. We get but it. it we get it. If, <laughs> you get it all the time, but I'm just saying it to the public. Yeah. What in the hell are, are we going to raise the debt? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Hey, Clint, I just want it. I just want to, um, since you were talking a little bit about GMOs, I won't get into it, but with GMOs in relation to vaccines, um a lot of people don't know this, but Moms Across America did this study as well. But, the, you know, the big issue yeah. that we have with GMOs is the use of glyphosate and how carcinogenic, carcin- yeah, carcinogenic glyphosate is. Um, well, a lot of our vaccines are actually contaminated with glyphosate. I um, believe that. And possibly some of them more than food. Um, I can't, I don't have that study in front of me, so I can't give numbers, but you can Google <laughs> Moms Across America glyphosate vaccines, and um, it will come up for you. And the problem with that is they're not taking it in through their GI tract, which is designed uh-huh. for detox, designed yeah. to get these things out of us. We're injecting it into a closed system. So if you're if you're anti-GMO, you got to think about this. Well, I'm anti-GMO, but name one product out there 
that we're buying off of the grocery shelves, right. 90% of them are all genetically modified in one way or the other. You're right. You're right. My, my father-in-law is Bob, Dr. Robert Quinn. Yeah. He's a PhD from UC Davis. He's just an organic farmer in Big Sandy, and he created, he founded Kamut International. Okay. Huh. He trademarked that to protect that grain from manipulation from Monsanto 35 some years ago. And he did that just by divine intervention. Well, years ago, when I was farming, I'm kind of an old guy, as Jacobus knows, but when I was farming, I grew what they call Carmont wheat. Okay. It's a six-row wheat huh? on dry land, and it made 50 bushels the acre. And it had good protein. That's winter wheat. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, you can't get it anymore. You get Yellowstone or something else. And all of them have been modified, well, what they call it up here is gene splicing at the university. Right. Up here at Bozeman, right. and they have patents. Right. Look at the university patents right. on grains and stuff, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, so anyway, I better shut up. Well, we, the, we got. A, I want to continue with the vaccination and Montana's okay. vaccine choice. So, what, what, but I me, appreciate the call. Okay, well, thank well, you. Clint. Thank you. Let me finish that. Go ahead. They found residues of glyphosate in the Kamut in Europe, mm. and in Europe, Europe is stringent about that. So they turned it back. So that had a team come over from Germany to try to isolate the source. Yeah. Guess what the source was? Rain. Yeah. Rain? Oh, gosh. Wow. Rain. No, oh, said. that's something, yeah. Corey Mesa and Rain. Kaylee McBride are with us in the studio. They're part of the organization Montanans for Vaccine Choice. We also have Dr. Jerry Taylor with us from Haver, Montana, a natural medical doctor who is was in the pan, on the panel last night after the playing of the movie Vaxxed, and he's been with us. He'll be with us till 11 o'clock. The ladies will be with us till 11 o'clock. We are talking about Montanans for Vaccine Choice and their, their mission statement and their purpose, what they have. So if you have a question, 522-8255, 522-TALK. The lines are open. If you would rather text us, you can do so as well at 266-7617. I want to ask you both, I don't know how much time we have, but how was your feeling about the Q&A last night and the public's response? You felt it was going as you had expected? Was it uh, more lively than you had uh, expected? Uh, what do you think? We kind of knew what Del Bigtree would bring with him. <laughs> um, I I loved it. I, I felt they answered quite a few questions um, thoroughly. Um Dell is quite passionate and I, I love that he brought the passion with him because this is a, this is not like a, it's not PC and it's not like a light matter. We're talking about life, quality of life and death even. Yeah. So in children yeah. and adults, but especially children. And yeah, he, he's just so, um, so passionate and just such a great example for, for all of us and especially men and husbands fathers yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think it i agree with Corey. i think it went really well mm -hmm. and yeah as far as people in the audience i mean you were up there dr jerry did it look like everyone was <laughs> thinking it was okay yeah <laughs> yeah because we were on the other side right. we were cheering guys. we were cheering you guys on <laughs> no i think it went fine yeah yeah it was great yeah, yeah. I, th I think it was good, Jacobus. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have liked to have seen 
a little bit more questioning from people to one of the specific members uh, yeah. because it was kind of a free for all and then Dell since he had the microphone he would answer 80 percent of all the Del questions. Was, it was like a mix between Q&A and a speech from Dell. Correct. Right, I right. think more and so the, a speech. I think, yeah. I think that is in my opinion where maybe uh, a few uh, a few improvements could have been made but yeah. it was people liked it and I and that was important. We're going to take a short break when we come back more with uh, Corey with Kaylee and with Dr. Jerry so stay tuned Gesundheit with Jacobus will be right back. Tell us a little bit about uh, Montana's for Vaccine Choice, uh, your mission statement. How did it come about? When did it get started? And um, how many people are involved who can answer that question for me? Corey? I can answer that for you. Please. Montana's for Vaccine Choice was founded and based in Bozeman, Montana. I came on board about last year and i would probably say that's that's when it was founded just getting off the ground um but we have members from whitefish kalispell great falls haver missoula helena three forks and billings and lots of small towns in between um and our mission statement really is to empower parents and healthcare providers to always seek truth and to promote safety and parental rights with making informed vaccine decisions we we kind of came we came together because we realized that um, there was a lot of stuff going on in California with a Senate bill called uh, SB 277, mm -hmm. and we watched that unfold, um, kind of in horror. Um, this bill uh, took away a parent's religious and philosophical exemptions, Correct. so that their child can attend school, both public and private schools. And it also, in the midst of that time, made it harder to also seek medical exemptions right yeah they um it's it's so hard there to get a medical exemption for your child if they just physically cannot tolerate a vaccine um so they came down really strict on that and so basically in california you have to homeschool if you're not going to be up to date completely to whatever schedule they demand for school so right. we watched and that. along with a couple other states too i believe west virginia um, and yeah, so yeah. Mississippi and West Virginia right. are two other states that do not allow for philosophical or religious exemptions. So there are now three states in, in the 50 states. It used to be a misdemeanor in West Virginia not to vaccinate your child. Yeah. it's That's changed. But I it used think to be between, a between those two, and I could be wrong, but I've heard the worst stories in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, that yeah. just really taking away parental rights. So we watched this unfold parents fought really hard there to to get it to not pass um but it did and um so we saw that happening and we also realized that um we have vaccine mandates in montana as well for certain areas yeah. um so the state law is we we can have religious exemption and medical exemption we don't have a philosophical exemption for the non-religious so that's a problem okay um, but the bigger issue is parents, working parents or single moms or single dads, right. and they have to put their baby or their child in daycare before right. the age of five. Yeah. The daycares are not accepting religious exemptions. And we've even had experience with them denying medical exemptions. Right. Um, so this is also a problem. And this is yeah, a, and on off of that, what Corey's saying, mm -hmm. if I may add this, 
I don't think people realize how close we all are in our nation to um, what Cali- what has happened in California and West Virginia mm-hmm. and Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why we have gotten together, too, yeah. because we are literally one page turned from our rights also being taken mm-hmm. away. Definitely. So I'll just... Um... Yeah, so this this daycare issue is really like um <laughs> it's just it seems like a way for the health department to get their vaccination rates up uh, or something because just because your t- child turns 5 you don't miraculously develop a religion or spiritual convictions about something usually um and that it they end up having to fully vaccinate their their baby just so they can get their child into daycare right um so that's happening right now um Mm -hmm. it's the current situation and then last august actually uh we did have a screening of vaxxed as well correct i remember at the lnt of no at the uh gallatin uh, gallatin cinema yes Mm -hmm. at at the cinema and that's where i i came in to to this wonderful group of families um, it just really made me realize that these agencies that we are trained and really, uh, dogmatically told to trust mm-hmm. and just do what they say, mm-hmm. they're lying to us. Mm-hmm. And I was just really convicted over that and, um, reached out to, uh, to the group and just said, I, I want to help in any way that I can. Yeah. Um, And I think we were all looking for, you know, I came in later on Mm -hmm. and I actually met a couple of these girls on a Facebook group that's Mm -hmm. um, based in California Yeah, (laughs) and just said, anyone out there from Bozeman? (laughs) Because you really do feel isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, And frankly, I've lied to people about vaccines with my children, just depending on who they are, because I don't. I would just have so much fear about, you know, what are they going to think? Are they going to judge me, hate me, not let my kids hang out right. um, mm-hmm. with Which their happens. with their kids? Yes. And so I think so many of us in this group have been there and we were all seeking for relationships with mm-hmm. like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and that's also to act on these issues. And to also act on these issues, like bringing Vaxxed here. And, and then when we get support from people like you, Jacobus, and Dr. Jerry, and um, Corey, as an RN, it's, you know, just um, more gas in our tank and really gets us going and motivated right. and but, motivated yes and motivated yeah. yeah you feel supported you feel like uh, oh, that's a good way so to go supported. let's yeah, give a get a call yep. let's get a call on good morning caller thanks for joining the program what's your name please how can we help you thank you Colbert. that's mayor hey I mayor you last week yes yeah, you did a story about my nephew who was six months old and went in for his well oh, baby yeah. checkup and they gave him a vaccine and the next day he was dead yeah. and they called it sid Yes. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, Sorry, by the way. And my, um, I'm going to try to stay, pull, mm. pull it together, but my brother has been suffering all these years thinking it was his fault right. and his wife. And um, I found an article, I don't even know how I got it, but it was from the CDC, and it said that 
you know, SIDS is one of the side effects of these vaccines. Well, my fast forward, my brother and his wife ended up getting a divorce. She became an alcoholic and he has suffered from PTSD and they believe it's related to the death of their son. Um, so it's not only just the death, it's the, it's the emotional abuse. It's the murder of the child. It's the emotional abuse of the parents thinking it was their fault that they should have done something different. Um, and then I unfortunately had my daughter get the Gardasil shot and she, um, after the second series, I mean the second shot, and I guess it's the series of three, mm-hmm. she could not wake up for two years. I mean, she, could barely make it to school. She had to quit her job. And she still, you know, that's uh, probably 10 years ago, still suffers from like a chronic fatigue. Yeah. And I, I you know, I can't prove it was that, but I, I believe it was that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's insidious what they're doing to us, and it's only because of the money. It has nothing to do with health. I have a friend that had a pneumonia shot. He died of lung cancer. I have a friend who had an another friend who had a pneumonia shot. She's had pneumonia now for three and a half years and has not left her house. Mm-hmm. This, what these, I don't even want to call them people, monsters are doing to the population is a travesty, um, and that's putting it mildly. They should all be, as far as I'm concerned, drawn and quartered and then shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I, are you doing another screening of VAX today at all? Uh, we're not doing a screening today. Um, we are doing a screening tomorrow in Billings. However, oh, okay. we're, we are local. So this is something, if the, you know, if the community wants another screening, we'll just do it again. Or meeting. As well, oh. you, can, you can also rent... Um, you can stream it on Amazon for like four dollars, okay. um, or well, Netflix, Netflix or iTunes. Yeah. It's very, it's very available. If you, you can if, purchase the DVD yes. personally on Amazon, I think for yeah. fourteen dollars too. Welcome. Okay, yeah. welcome down. And how do I become part sweet. of the group that you have in town? Is that possible? Are yeah. you on Facebook? Are you on Facebook? Um, well, no, I try not to be because okay. I don't trust that either. Yeah, well, that that was um, we're we're still a very new group, so the best the best way to to get in touch, act, actively get in touch with us, is to like our Facebook page and message the page. And okay, we what will, is the name of the group? The, the, Montanans, Montanans for Vaccine Choice. Mm-hmm. And this is Corey Meza and Kaylee McBride, and you're also welcome. I know I can speak for Corey to private message us as well. And can I just say really quick that I'm so sorry for the suffering that your family has gone through, and we all are. Um, and you know, you guys aren't alone. There's so There are so many of you, and as far as the just carrying the burden of, Guilt sounds like you guys have kind of dealt with that and stuff, and we have. Mm-hmm. Most of us have all been there, so yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's um the problem is, is there's so so many people that don't believe what you and I believe, um and they're you know I have my boss's daughter just had a baby, and I told them don't you leave that baby for one second alone 
with a doctor or a nurse, and you know what? They didn't, and they ended up being in the hospital for a week because he had some uh, breathing issues. And, um, I mean, they put on the form, no vaccines, and apparent. well, who knows who slipped anything in if they did, but apparently they felt like their wishes had been honored. But you have to... I mean, you have to do your due diligence in this world these days, or you're going to have a child vaccinated that you don't want vaccinated. And I believe that they would do it at school against your wishes. So you really have to be careful. Bring up such a good point that we you have to continue advocating for yourself when you're even, unfortunately, giving birth in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a really good thing for the viewers to hear, too, to um, write that down because even if you say no vaccines you're exactly right there's yeah, thousands anyway, of testimonies thought, that yeah, that didn't happen stories of it happening you know where they've taken the baby even after you've written no vaccine and they well what are you doing with the baby well we're going to go get them vaccinated oh didn't you read the form well they don't care because their goal is to vaccinate regardless of your wishes, and, and, and it almost becomes that your child is no longer your child. And that's what we're looking at in this country. Um, if we look at what's going on in the U.K. with that poor little Charlie Guard, yeah. they're not even letting the parents take that baby out of the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they've claimed that child to be theirs, yeah. and they're going to murder that child. You know, and Trump has stepped in and said, we'll take the baby here. The Vatican has done that, and they're still resisting. That's what this country has to look forward to if we go the way of socialized medicine, if we go down that same path, then we're going to be fighting that battle here, too. So I, I actually just want to mention just a little, just adding to that. Um, we, we are actually dealing with that same issue in many states. So it, it's not a matter of what type of health care we have, because... There, it's called medical kidnapping, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's happening for various reasons. I, in Mississippi, I would say for vaccinations, um, there's many testimonies in regards to chemo and cancer of yeah. chil- you know of children. Yeah. So it's it's not. I don't want people to think that it's not currently happening because it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then right, I th- I right. think for r- really quick, I'll mention that this is Kaylee. Um, this is Kaylee. Along those lines, that what a lot of people are maybe even thinking right now is that, you know, these, these people, they really have good intentions mm-hmm. at heart. We're seeing these disease outbreaks and we want that to stop happening. So they're looking at it. And I, I do believe that is the case for mm-hmm. some, but you have to, just like Dr. Jerry said, you have to do your research because Uh you will find out that so many of these outbreaks are happening in fully vaccinated communities and so ask yourself do you want to have a case of measles or do you want to have autism for your whole life i mean you know when it comes down to a simple choice like Mm -hmm. that i had the measles when i was a kid it didn't freaking kill me and especially in the past fun yeah but i don't i'm not autistic you know i mean for crying out loud yeah. <laughs> and people don't pass away from measles in um, the industrialized in, world. Yep, in an industrialized nation, and there hasn't been a death in over ten years. So you're exactly right. Those deaths that the news um, tries to scare us about are occurring in third world countries where 
they don't have clean drinking water. So, well, thank yeah. you, Mayor. I you really bet. appreciate thank the you call. Thank you for all your hard work, and um, all we can do is just keep fighting the fight and passing the word along in books. You know, there's some great books, and um, what is it? Uh, uh, Patrick is it Patrick Kennedy? No. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick Kennedy. Yeah, the one he wrote the book on Samarasol. I mean, he's an advocate. He's a he's a I, great I think that's Obama. Robert F. Kennedy yep. Jr. Robert, Robert F. Kennedy, F. Kennedy yeah. Jr. Yeah. Okay. Jr. wrote the book, and he's I've heard him interviewed more than once, and he's very passionate about. It. I don't agree with him <laughs> in any other thing he, that comes out of his mouth, <laughs> but when it comes to this, the man is right on the money. So um, it's good that we have at least some people like that out there as well. So. All right. I'm well, going to look Mayor. on, I'll look on your Facebook page and see if I can't find you guys. <laughs> you bet. And even if you don't go on Facebook, just do Montanans for Vaccine Choice and we'll probably take you right there. Yeah, that's okay. right. All right, all, all right. the best. Thank you so Thank much. You, you bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Good morning, caller. Your name, please. How can we help you? Oh, hey, good morning. It's Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Good morning hey, to you. A, hi. Hello. I got a, a question. I, what I don't understand is if um, the majority of people are getting vaccinated, and um, and you know, and the children are vaccinated. Why would they be scared of someone who's not vaccinated? They're already vaccinated. Totally true. Love your so, logic. I mean, unless they, if they don't believe in the vaccine, then what's the point of having the vaccine? Because that's supposed to keep them from getting something. That if there's one child out of ten that isn't vaccinated, they shouldn't. But it's 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 no longer a uh, honest scientific debate. It's a religion. Right. There's okay. a there's okay. a. Go ahead. Oh well, no, and I was just going to say that. Uh, I'm trying to work while I'm, while I'm talking. Um, you know, I was also going to say that you know what people don't understand. So I get the argument. because I'll bring this up to people, and they'll be like, "Well, um, you know, my my kids were vaccinated, and they're totally fine." And you know, what people don't understand is that you know individuals are different, and totally. you're, I mean, it's kind of like rolling the dice or spinning the the, the wheel on a on a revolver. I mean, you just don't know if you're the yeah. your kid's the one that liver can't handle it, or you know, something in their system is just not ready to accept it. Where mm-hmm. the kid next to them can accept it when they're when they're, that throws people off because people are like well for years and years so many people are normal and fine with vaccines but that's not that's, that's not necessarily true they they're saying that thinking one specific thing like if i say that i'm probably thinking um autism right or, or kid, Asperger's. Vaccine, mm-hmm. but 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 they have type 1 diabetes yeah mm-hmm. or they or have asthma, asthma okay. or they right. have right. ibs they have, later they, on. Okay. there's there's a really great book written by kenneth bach he's one of my colleagues he's one of my colleagues in the dan movement he wrote a book called Healing the New Childhood Epidemics, mm-hmm. Autism, ADHD, Asthma, and Allergies. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic book. So they're just thinking something specific and saying something general. It's just that they don't correlate. And, and there's a really great book written by Waylene James. It's called The Vaccine Religion, Mass Mind and the Struggle for Human Freedom. And that's what this issue is really about. They're no longer making cogent, uh, logical reasonable arguments because they don't have to it's become an emotional issue it's it's become its own religion yeah it has okay excellent hey guys kevin uh, thanks a lot excellent work on what you're doing thanks appreciate thank it. you bye-bye yeah. so good morning caller what's your name how can we help you uh yes good morning this is lee hi lee hi yes hi, lee. i just wanted to make a couple of points i was at the uh screening last night and it was fantastic thank you lee um I think one of the most important points made there was the fraud perpetuated by the CDC Mm -hmm. and for the public to understand truly what's happening at those levels Mm -hmm. and how that trickles down and affects us directly. 
Yeah. Do you have the radio on in the background, Lee? I do. Would you mind turning it down? There you go. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Just one of those old, old habits. You know, it, it also seems like we really have to, as public, um, really be concerned with who we're voting for down at our local level. Yeah. And um, hold them accountable for uh, how they're voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I, I spent four years meeting with John Tester, the Department of Public Health Director, OPI, the Superintendent of Schools. Uh, I was beating down the door at the Capitol every day, uh, meeting with legislators trying to get them to write bills to help, you know, use the funding that's available appropriately for these families that have had their children damaged by the vaccinations. And in the end, basically, when they realize what's happening, they have to actually stand up and take a stand. They have to take a stand and risk something. They will not do it. They turn their backs and they avoid you at yes. all costs. Yes. So it's just I a sp- very polarizing issue, too. Well, it's um, polarizing. But we're, and we're, because we lose sight of freedom. But it, my point is it's going to only happen at the grassroots level. Yeah. It's only going to happen in yeah. our local communities. Yeah. But all the well, local communities. That's yeah. the only way we can really have an effect. Yeah. We can read all the books and we can, you know, do all of our research, but then we're sitting here individually. And so unless we get a mass movement to really hold our local folks accountable right. and and make them mm-hmm. have that fight, otherwise they don't get reelected. Or become the local folks. That's right. Yeah. Lee, if you're not, are you a part of our Facebook group? Uh, I'm not, okay. no. Well, I actually, I don't have children, but... Um, okay. Well, if you, from what you're discussing about, you know, getting involved and taking action, please check us out, and we'd love all the support that we can get. Well, exactly, and so I just, you know, wanted to make sure that that point was made, that that people that didn't get to the screening that they realize, you know, that that's really one of the, the most important thing. In my mind, these people have to be held accountable uh, at the CDC for what they've done. And the only way to do that is to really uh, pressure the politicians. Very yeah. much so. we got to run, Lee. Thank you. Thanks for your input. And all Take the best. Care. Bye-bye. Folks, um, we're going to take another break for the news. When we come back, more with Dr. Jerry. Corey and Kaylee for Montanans for Vaccine Choice. Stay tuned. We will be right back. The topic last week, talking to the crew from the Vaxxed bus and the Vaxxed movie was an absolute pleasure. But to have the local people, the Montana people who have put their shoulders under the task of educating those who want to be educated about uh, the dangers of vaccines. And one of the things that was brought up yesterday in the panel is that we can have a dispute if the MMR vaccine, which is given usually about 13, 15 months when a baby is born, may be directly or indirectly linked to uh, autism. There are so many other ingredients that have not been thoroughly tested. As a matter of fact, the CDC hasn't tested really anything. This is when you talk about 
and that was discussed yesterday, when you talk about any of the prescription drugs on the market today, they are being, we're being told in the natural supplement industry that medicine has been tested rigorously for two or three years on the, in double-blind placebo-controlled studies. Mm-hmm. Well, vaccina- vaccines have never been tested. They've literally been put together. These people are unregulated. They can do whatever they want. You can't sue them. If anything happens, you cannot go after them and cl- make claims because they simply say, well, we're not regulated under these same laws as uh, the, the, the prescription drugs. So when you think about it, it's one thing if you swallow a capsule that goes through the digestive tract and you may or may not absorb it and some of it will come out through the bowel movement. But if you inject a needle in the skin into the blood vessels and expect to get rid of it, that is almost impossible. And so when we uh, when the talking last night that even uh, powdered glass is put in vaccines and that nobody has done a test yet if it is actually dangerous for us or not, common sense tells you that it's probably not a good idea. And if you know that the thimerosal with mercury and you have aluminum and some of the other uh, fetal tissues that have been put in vaccines that has been discovered in the vaccines when they started analyzing it, to, to simply go to a doctor and say, well, I think I'm ready for my shot, doc. Uh, you know, to just have somebody put a needle in and just because they wear a white coat, that you uh, expect that they are trustworthy and that they have your best interest in mind, I think you're very mistaken. And this is what Dr. Jerry was talking about in the first hour. It really is our first responsibility to take care of our body and to become educated, first of all. And uh, then we can make decisions. If you decide, okay, I really have read everything I can read about vaccines and I decide I am going to do a vaccine, uh, I'm going to have the vaccination, then you can go ahead and do so. But then you read about it, you trust yourself, you make the call and you, you, uh, you will accept the consequences. However, it is one thing when you look at babies who cannot speak out for themselves that are being subjected to so many different vaccines at a very young age. And I have here a pamphlet that was handed out last night. And it says, in 2017, adults 19 plus, the vaccination schedule is is unbelievable. But actually, that was not the one that I was looking at. At, uh, By the time a child is two years old, has had about 60 or 80 different vaccines already implanted in their bloodstream. And those are things you got to think about if you start having symptoms. It's not just about autism. Some children die. We talked about seizure of sudden infant death, uh, SID. We, uh, we see children all of a sudden with irritable bowel problems, with autoimmunity, uh, diabetes 1. We see young children with cancer, leukemia, for example. And uh, nobody looks back and says, well, was this child vaccinated or not? Uh, but all of a sudden we, we are fighting childhood cancer and we, there has to be a link somewhere, you know, and, and so more and more with groups such as Montanans for Vaccine Choice, simply what the group is saying, we want, we want clarity, we want honesty, we want to do our research, we're here to educate people, we want to become an advocacy group, we want to make sure that when, before you make that choice, that you are the best informed person you can be. And so I would like to ask you, uh, Corey Mesa and Kaylee McBride and Dr. Jerry Taylor, um, why must we never accept, support, or encourage 
any initiative that takes away a parent or a person's right to choose vaccinations. Yeah, um, this, this is, is Corey. Is Corey. So I, I will take this question. Um, so every single vaccine carries risk. If you look at um, the actual package inserts um, and just look through their side effects, adverse events, or adverse effects, I should say, you can look at all the things that could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. This this is often not given to us at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. If you want to see this, you have to Google it or demand it at the doctor or in the hospital. Um, it's uh, it's not one sheet. The package inserts are about six feet tall, and there's loads of information. So and on I, the insert, really quick, I'll say yeah. it says to carefully go over this with your with your patient with your patient yeah. and most doctors have not read the insert um dr jerry's shaking his head it's true yeah. I'll, I'll attest to that as a as a registered nurse i actually never saw a package insert until i was already working as a nurse yeah. and i had given several vaccines already to adults um so anyway, that information is out there. And so just to answer the question and get back on track a little bit, the, the issue is um, it's really going to, to take a coming together of, of the whole community because every vaccine, even one of them, will carry risk. Um, so where, and where there is risk, there has to be a choice. There has to be freedom of, of information um, and freedom of informed consent or informed refusal. And to take that away is really in violation of not just the Constitution, but our basic human and civil rights. Yeah. As I mean, we're not government property. It, mm-hmm. in, in my very personal opinion, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're mm-hmm. not government property, we are human beings. And I just want to make just a couple clarifications, um, just so the, the information is uh, correct for everybody. Um, in the first year of life, the current vaccination schedule is 26 doses of 11 different vaccines. And then by the age of six, it's 69 doses. And then before a child reaches 18 years old, they've probably had, if they follow every booster for school recommended by the state or CDC, they've probably had over 100 doses. Um, I think it's 169 total. 169? Like viral load, yeah. Because of the combinations that they put just if in. you're if you're just doing right. like a count of all the vaccines a person has had from but, birth to if right. following the recommended CDC recommended schedule, recommended the schedule yeah. and then the peripheral recommendations yeah. as well. Because it's not just the baby schedule. There's adult schedule too. It's a, if you look up the adult immunization plan, and this is very important for everybody to understand. There is an adult immunization plan. 80% of the adult population is not up to date on our vaccines. I'm not. According to the CDC, I'm not either. Um, and there is a, a federal plan going through at the, at the current moment called Healthy People 2020. Yeah. This is another reason we have to be active on the grassroots level because yeah. um, not only will children not be able to attend school, but adults will not be able to receive a paycheck if you are not up to date on your vaccines. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Unreal. I, I wish I was being facetious, but I, yeah, wow. I'm not. So, it's like for self-employment. Yeah. 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 And then just to discuss um, the issue of not being able to sue these companies and hold them liable, 
1986, Congress um, was approached by these companies who were going bankrupt for all of the lawsuits being filed against them for vaccine adverse reactions. And they said, we're not going to continue to make these vaccines anymore because we're, we can't afford the lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So if you want us to continue to do that, you need to, for lack of a better word, immunize us from liability. So they did. They passed the Vaccine Injury Compensation Act of 1986, indemnified these groups. Um, they're not liable if they harm your child or, or you. And since then, um, the taxpayers have been paying compensation in our federal claims, in our federal court of claims. That's amazing. Huh? And the yeah. amount, are you going to? Yeah, I'm going to go through okay. these numbers with you guys. Um, so you can find these data at um, hrsa.gov, or you can just simply Google vaccine injury compensation program data, and it'll pull up the PDF of the current data. And I'm just going to run through these numbers. Since 1986, after, one, after 1986 and 1989, the vaccine schedule quadrupled without any safety testing of the entire schedule huh. of accumulative and synergistic effect of all of these ingredients, all of these vaccines, how do they work together? Never been tested. So that happened in 1989. So total payouts so far is over $3.6 billion. That was just from 1986. But just in the last five years, it's well over $1 billion just for the last five years of payout. So if you put that on a linear graph, you're going to see that... <laughs> The, we've paid a huge chunk just in the last five years of the total payouts. And for the fiscal year of 2017, the latest payout just for just for this year, $127,032,763.26 just in this year. Wow. So these injuries are real. And I want to stress really quickly that if you make it to vaccine court, it's like the 1% of injuries mm -hmm. from the VAERS database, the Vaccine mm -hmm. Adverse Event Reaction. Wow. Or, sorry, Recording System. I can't remember the acronym, but V-A-E-R-S, VAERS. VAERS. Yeah. It's very hard to get your, your case heard. It's very, not only do you have to get your case heard, but you have to scientifically prove causation That's... that the vaccine caused that injury. It's very difficult. That's in the omnibus. Yes. And the omnibus was created at the same time in the late 80s. Child Immunization Safety Act, right? And then in the verbiage, in the verbiage, literally states vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. Yes, unavoidably okay. unsafe. Unavoidably. Said so, so that in explains, another 20, 2011 case, too. That explains. We'll just, just go back to the beginning. The doctors, mm -hmm. all the doctors out there, do your research. Mm -hmm. Unavoidably unsafe, which is why there's reason for a compensation program mm -hmm. and an adverse event reporting system. Mm -hmm. And then the omnibus court was created and the omnibus court is basically a kangaroo court. It is. And it's there to protect the, the pharmaceutical industry. And that's all it's there for. Yeah. The judges are not real judges. They're special masters, right? Mm -hmm. So this court case with Andrew Wakefield over the general medical council is their version of the omnibus here in this country. I see. So when John Walker Smith was reinstated by a real judge, he called the, the GMC a kangaroo court. 
that it never should have happened. Can you clarify who John Walker Smith is and why he is relevant to Dr. Wakefield? <clears throat> so Dr. Wakefield is the name and the face of the fraud. He was the one they targeted, international character assassination, so forth. He came he, out back in 29 or 20 or t 2010 with a statement that there was a link between the MMR vaccine. No, 1998. No, 1998. It was a case series, and a case series is not a study. It's just the reporting of data that is gathered through evaluation. That's it. Okay. And the study in the paper never stated that they, they, they proved that there was a link. Never did. Anyway, this team was probably the number one pediatric gastroenterology team in the world. Okay. Yeah. It's not chump change. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think very many people know that. At London Free Hospital, the active pediatric gastroenterologist on the team was Professor John Walker Smith, who is the founder of pediatric gastroenterology and probably the most well-respected at the time mm -hmm. pediatric gastroenterologist father. in the world. He's, he's coined the father of gastroenterology yeah. as well. Wow. Yeah. So he is the one that actually active, physically did the evaluations and reported on it, and so that, that report was published in The Lancet. Well, when this court case I, I actually did a rotation as a medical student with Wakefield and his team at Top Philosopher Children in 2007, just prior to that trial. So I was there and we talked about preparation. We looked at the data and so on and so forth. So I watched that whole thing transpire. And in the end, they were stricken from the, from the medical record by the GMC, right? This kangaroo court with a special master, not a real judge. Yeah. John Walker Smith's insurance paid for an appeal. So the appeal went through and he went to court and it was reinstated immediately, right? Okay. He retired in 2001, was stricken from the record in 2010. Wow. 2010. Wow. After 40 years, he retired in 2001. Uh, Wakefield's insurance wouldn't pay for that. It's very, very, very expensive. So I'm sure if that was the case, then he would have been reinstated as well. I see. It's but they, really... they knew that. I'm, I'm sure they knew that, and that's why they targeted mm -hmm. Wakefield and not others, because they knew that. Right. right. That That's really important for people to understand that one of the lead authors on the quote-unquote Wakefield study um, was reinstated, did, you know, get his license and credibility back. By a back. real judge in a real court yep. and not a kangaroo court. Yep. Mm. And hypothetically, you could say that that could, that could be possible for Dr. Wakefield. That would have been possible. Yep. Hmm. Yep. And so my point is here in this country, if it's the parent, the, the people that receive the compensation of those who go to a regular court, not the vaccine court, do not pursue that. I was involved in the omnibus hearings. It was a hearing for 5,000 cases. They, 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 they saw three cases and then extrapolated for the entire 5,000 and dismissed it. There was no, really? nothing. Because the omnibus is, is part of the program. Mm -hmm. It's a kangaroo course, not a real course. It's there to protect the pharmaceutical industry, period. Not the people. The people that are smart figure that out and go to a real court where they have a real judge and they follow the laws and the Constitution. Mm. Yeah. Just to kind of segue, mm -hmm. but on the on this same type of thing, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., just so everybody understands, Vaxxed is about the testimony of the CDC whistleblower, Dr. William Thompson, who's a senior scientist who still currently works for the, uh, the CDC. Um, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is representing a plaintiff in a case against Merck, uh, subpoenaed him for testimony. Yeah. Um, I, it was sometime either in the spring or the fall of last year, but he subpoenaed Dr. Thompson 
And the former CDC director, Dr. Friedman, um, blocked, it or blocked, blocked his testimony with the reason that his testimony would not represent the objective of the agency. That's the reason he gave. So he would not allow uh, Dr. Thompson to, to testify in a court of law mm-hmm. for uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. And that's really important for people to really understand where we, <laughs> Dr. Thompson wants this information to come out and he gave it over, but he's like, he's trapped in this agency mm-hmm. he, he, with like his hands tied. If he's not subpoenaed by the Congress, he goes to prison. And then what happens? Does anything happen to his testimony? Does it get investigated or not? Yeah. So, but the but the information is out, and I have it. Yeah. And I'm going to act on it. You can. The information is out, not just in the movie. You can download the original documents at um at the Vax website. Um, I don't remember if it's the VaxTheMovie.com website or Vax.com, but you they have a a place where you can just download ten thousand documents. Right. That was turned over to Senator Posey, um, then Congressman of Florida. If 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 your computer has space, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think we need a congressional hearing to know what the truth is. Yeah, right? that's right. And, and waiting for a congressional hearing with bated breath, I don't think is the answer mm-hmm. at this point in time. Yeah. It's time to act. Yeah. I All, mean, the, the, well, the, there's the, one thing that it mentions in the, in the movie uh, that uh, Dr. Thompson says at some point, uh, I probably will need to get a lawyer yes, for this. And, and, and like, uh, like, uh, um, the comment is made, why would you need a lawyer if you just want to give out information? I mean, why, why would why do you have to be afraid? Right. Of the scientific data that scientific you data just, The research was yeah. done. And so why are we worried about, uh, about that part? We're going to take another short break. We're here with Dr. Jerry Taylor, also uh, Corey Meza, and Kaylee McBride from Montanans for Vaccine Choice. Please stay tuned. We're going to be uh, right back somewhere over here. I should have a, uh, a little thing. So here we go. We had one text uh, who somebody said, it's crazy how calm everyone is being with all of these uh, insurrections against humanity. What will the nation, what will the reaction of the world be when Charlie Gard is executed in the UK by the UK government? Um, thank you for that comment. You wanted to say something, uh, Corey. Um, well, polio and smallpox was mentioned, and that's such a complex issue. We can't go into that. But if anybody really wants to understand the true history of smallpox and polio and many other ones, I highly, highly recommend that you read Dr. Suzanne Humphrey's book, Dissolving Illusions. I second that. And a lot I of it can that. even actually be found at, um, at the website for the book. And on um, Dr. Humphrey's website. Yeah. But if we're going to inform ourselves, we need to know the history, the right history. And she details that very well. All right. Yeah, I bought both books and I'm going to read them. Yes. And I suggested that um, she'll come on the show at a near future date that we just have oh, her solo on the show. That would be such an honor. Yeah. So, and I do. I think it's so important, like Corey's saying about the history in her book being able to just see the data from when a vaccine was actually introduced to the market mm-hmm. compare and compare that to when death by disease was eradicated and or disease was near eradication. 
Yeah. And you'll be blown away. Yes. Much. Huh. All right. Dr. Jerry Taylor with us from Haver. And we have Corey Meza. Is it Meza? 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 Depends if you're in the United States or Mexico. Oh. <laughs> but Meza. Meza? Yeah. All right. I am in the United States. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually Mesa, but we don't Mesa. like Mesa. Yeah, see, it's that's okay. what I would say. In, don't worry. in Europe, we say that. Yeah, Mesa. <laughs> She's a registered nurse, and we also have Kaylee McBride with us, both, all three of them connected with Montanans for Vaccine Choice. I highly recommend you check them out, become a member, help them out wherever you can uh, with uh, their, their, their education, simply education, setting up uh, meetings, Q&As, for people to attend, uh, any help that you can provide is very, very needed and welcome. The um, We were going to talk about something specifically. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Corey, um, you want to start with it first? Yeah. Right. So before we, we end the show, we wanted everyone to really know that we're not just here for educating the public, which we are, and we're so um, passionate about that, but we're also active in the state legislature as recent as this last session that just ended. Um, we, uh, we worked really hard specifically on a vaccine issue to oppose the bill, um, SB 293 titled MTRAX. There was a longer title, but I couldn't remember the rest of it, but it was, um, to change the current Montana immunization database from an opt in system to an opt out system, which would basically automatically enroll patients and children in the database without proper disclosure of said system, which it stores personal data of the family with the immunization records along, um, allowing the information to be shared without proper HIPAA procedures, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, actually violates federal and state healthcare privacy laws. And we felt this was important um, to oppose. Uh, So because our, our member members efforts with writing and calling legislatures and, and even testifying, we had one member testify at the HHS committee me- meeting, uh, we were uh, we were successful in killing that bill. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's not uh, it's a, it's a good system, but you need to be able to consent to it and to have it as an opt out system. One, you have to make sure that your doctor told you that you were going to be enrolled in the system. Okay. And and then be able to make that choice: Do I want my child to be in it, or myself, or do we want to opt out of it? But as a mom. You go in like one month, two months, you have a, you're sleep deprived, you have a newborn and what, you know, you have to, yeah, you're just not always sure of the decisions you're making sometimes just because right. it's such a, it's a tiring it's time. Overwhel- and it's overwhelming. Yeah. You work in the office, you know, yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. So we, we did kill that bill. Um, it's still obviously there. Amtrak's is still there. It's, um, it, uh. Sorry, this, this just, it allows like the, the easy flow of the information between like, uh, the health department and schools and healthcare facilities. And the proponents saw the need for this because to change it, um, from an opt in to an opt out, um, but in an effort to make their charting and documentation flow more easily. And I'm very sympathetic to this because the amount of charting nurses have to do is insane. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bureaucratic, um, uh, oversight on that. And it's, it's hard even to just have uh, patient time as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was sympathetic to that, but I still think that we need to be able to have that informed consent, especially on our healthcare 
our healthcare decisions, that stuff should really stay between you and your doctor. Right. Um, and then who is your information being shared with exactly? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you need to be able to be aware of that. Yeah. Well, good stuff. We have another caller. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining us. What's your name, please? How can we help you? This is Tim. Hey, Tim. And uh, I'm I'm calling because I've kind of been uh, a victim of what you're talking about in that as a very active person, I've had to do stitches periodically. And as a nurse, I think she knows that when you do stitches, they want to give you a tetanus shot. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they when the nurse steps up with the vial and the in the hypo to give you the tetanus shot, she she says, "Now I have to inform you that in this bottle is also a booster for, I believe, three different vaccinations." Yes. Now it's not my choice to have anything but the tetanus shot. Mm-hmm. But you see, they they force that upon you, and uh, I think. In, in in indoctrinating people through public schools, it's not a lot different than when you buy a new car now. Um, you know, when you step on the accelerator and get up to five miles an hour, the doors lock. Right. That is not your choice to lock the doors. Mm-hmm. When you put the car in reverse, the mirrors adjust. Right. That is not your choice to adjust the mirrors. It's somebody else's choice, just like wanting to give you a booster evac, um, you know, a booster while giving you a tetanus shot. So anyway, that's my contribution. Yeah. Well, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. You have a question also? Uh, Corey is looking at me. She wants to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, um, they, they did do away with the, with the single tetanus vaccine. It's diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis now. Um, so that's what he's referring to. Um, yeah, you yeah. can't get, you cannot get just a tetanus shot. Yeah. I would also suggest just because I like giving people information, please, you know, look up on tetanus. It's an anaerobic bacteria. So if your wound is bleeding, it's going to kill the bacteria because it's being oxygenated. And True. if it's a deep puncture wound that doesn't bleed, that may be a different story. Maybe a completely different story. Well, explain it. What, what do you mean by that? It's uh, so when it is bleeding, it's, a, it's an anaerobic, so it means it grows without oxygen. So right. if blood carries all your oxygen through your body, correct. So if it's bleeding, that bacteria is being oxygenated and being killed by your own body anyway. just because of the type of the bacteria it is. Right. Yes, and so, um, use your judgment on that one. Also, and isn't, no, it, isn't it also true that the tetanus after the tetanus shot is administered that it doesn't? Theoretically, if it did work, work for um, like, right. I know what you're getting at. Okay. So if you, if you might be at threat of tetanus, um, the vaccine alone takes three weeks to mount any type of immune response. Uh-huh. But if you're going to be infected with tetanus, it's going to happen between 24 hours and 72 hours uh, after the infection. Right. Yeah. So just know there's actually an, a tetanus antitoxin that you can choose to get. Mm-hmm. Called tetanus immunoglobulin. So just look into look into these diseases and and bacteria's and viruses and how do they grow and all of those things and all of your options. So it is more important to get that shot if you need to get the shot when the wound is deep and not bleeding. 
if I was really at, at threat of tetanus, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I personally, my own opinion, my own decision, I, I wouldn't do a, a, a TDAP period. shot. I just yeah. wouldn't. Um, it's, it's, I would be dead before it worked if I was going to get tetanus. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was yeah. going to say. At the end of the day, it's not going to. Yeah. You go into the ER and yeah. it's too late. Tetanus. You're in there for something. Tim? So my last involvement then was cause several weeks ago, I literally smashed the end of my finger and the blood gushed. Oh. And you're, you're telling me because the blood gushed out of it. Right. I probably yes, would not have gotten tetanus right. anyway. Yes, that's well, right. Well, tetanus is activated in the, in the intestines of animals. So yeah. we have this misperception that it's a rusty nail. Well, I've been punctured by tons of rusty nails, never had tetanus. Right. Mm-hmm. But the rusty nails right. weren't in a corral where they were yeah. being, you know, they were, they were covered with fecal matter of animals, right? Right. So wow. there's a lot of misconception out there about that. I've treated many deep puncture wounds in the foot with just flushing them with the right, you know, right, the right, right medium, or, right? Yeah, and yeah. then no no problems whatsoever. Huh. And there's there's a book written by Tatyana Obukinich, who's a, oh my gosh, she's a PhD yeah. and she's, Say that immuno- she's a, Tatyana Obukinich. <laughs> <laughs> she's a PhD in immunology and she actually uh, uncovered some data from Russia that that in, that indicated that there's natural immunity to tetanus as yes. well. So, which was also found in tribes right. who don't have access to modern right. medicine. Right. So there's just the reason for personal education is there's so much misconception that it's just a fear-based environment and they use fear to control your thought. And as far as the opt-out thing, anything that requires you to opt out is antithetical to freedom. I don't care what the topic is. Mm-hmm. It's antithetical to freedom. It yeah. should never be opt-out. All right. On, on the MTR, you opt in. So, it's yeah. a willful choice yes. of agency to opt in if you want to, but to, to be to be trapped somewhere. Do I opt out of prison? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Can't. What? You don't. Yeah. It should never be an opt out. Stay away. Red flag. Yeah. Well, we've learned something. I, I hope other people pay attention to that because it's. Uh, yeah, I did not want a tetanus shot with boosters and all of that. You don't need uh, one from a hammer unless you've been hammering the horse hockey. okay have a good weekend appreciate the call bye-bye coy mesa and as well as dr jerry taylor do you have a disconnect on your headphone yeah just the left side is not working really i'm so sorry no it's all right i can hear you and we have a kaylee mcbride with us as well montanans for vaccine choice look them up on the internet Uh, look them up on facebook if you like and then get involved if you can and otherwise, just read up on them and be inspired. And I also want to add to that, excuse me, if you don't yeah, mind, you even if you feel like you are not highly educated on vaccines and you're just beginning your journey of researching, we still want to have you. Yeah. And so I know I've had people say, "We there's nothing we can offer. We don't know enough. And... I mean, I'm sitting between two medical professionals and I have no medical background and they definitely are more educated than I. And I had to, I kind of jumped in and just started helping. So we really need people Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. support us in any way they can. I tell my patients that come in to see me that medicine is a language, right? Mm -hmm. I've learned how to speak that language. It doesn't make me more intelligent or better than you, right? Yeah. So you speak a foreign language. I don't speak, how many of you? look pretty illiterate next to you trying to speak that language right that's really all that it boils down to it doesn't make us super intelligent or magic or or super heroes or or whatever 
right? We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. We're all in this and together. And we're all affected. And it's really about freedom. That's yep. really what it is. Yep. Freedom of choice. It's freedom about to choose. Freedom. And freedom of information. But people have a misunderstanding what freedom is. Yeah. And, and if you want freedom, then you have to look up what freedom means because some people want freedom in some things, but they want control mm-hmm. in other things. That's right. And that is, that is an issue that, uh, that needs to be uh, understood very well. Well, yeah. we, we have uh, this We're current culture. What's that? I'd be more happy to talk about that sometime. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We have this current culture that's centered around collectivism and group yes. think, and we need to go back to individual thinking yes and remembering that we have individual human rights Mm -hmm. and this is a human right and it's not been talked about in that in that realm because we we talk about herd immunity and pro-vax and anti-vax but it's not about that it's just Mm -hmm. if you want a vaccine i will never aim to take that right from you away ever for any reason and i don't want somebody to take my right to refuse the vaccine away from me and my children. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just have to remember that the central, the central mission, it's just about choice and the freedom to choose. And give yourself, you know, take a deep breath. If you are going to the ER and you feel intimidated with, you know, I feeling like I just need to do whatever they tell me. You know, I would encourage you, we would all encourage you to go and take a deep breath and do not let fear overtake you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even get plugged in with us before that, because if we you're can not help you, sure, <laughs> yeah. if you're not sure, we can be there for you. You can call us, text us, and we've, we can we've, encourage we've you had along to do the way. That more than once already, just in our, our year, just to be an advocate for some of our members. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things yeah. that came up yesterday, and uh, one of the the moms on the panel, Kara Komini, is that how you say it? Komini, 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 I think. No, Kara, Kara Komini, She made the comment because the, so many people talk about vaccinated versus unvaccinated, and that that is dangerous for the community. Which, yeah, and so she said her children, three children, one five and seven years old, were at a friend's house, and the children over there they were there a whole day, and they had pertussis. And she said, my children who were not vaccinated never got pertussis. Mm-hmm. So it was not spread on to healthy, unvaccinated children. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a misconception There's a misconception about uh, what is right, what's wrong about vaccina- vaccination, not vaccinated. And there has been no clinical testing done on that, which has been the, the end message in the movie Vaxxed has been, let's get the research right. really tested yes, because we then really we'll make game over. We yeah. just need them to study. Honest. Yeah, they have Honest. never tested our va- vaccine schedule ever. Honest research. Honest research. Science Honest like scientific integrity. Corruption. Yeah. Corrupted science is the optical, not science itself. It's inanimate. Well, we have come to the end of the show. I want to thank you, Corey, Kaylee, Dr. Jerry, for thank being you. here today. We Great insight. for hours about I know. This. Yes, yes, we next could. time, we Please. have to do it again. Maybe we have you on the phone with us, and then we have the ladies sure. in the studio. Thanks, Jacobus. You're very welcome. We're going to be back next week, Saturday, with exciting stuff about cancer research uh, with Dr. Gary Stoner. Unbelievable. 45 years of cancer research that his man has done, and now he's working with uh, black raspberries. Very interesting. He's a PhD. You're going to be excited about it. So we'll be back next week, Saturday, 8 to 11. All the best to you. Have a good weekend, and thanks for listening. 
Are you ready to improve your life? It all starts here on Gesundheit with Jacobus. Health Talk Radio.